Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is June 13th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing uh I'm doing well. Right, right uh ready for the US Open next week, ready to ready to this see week. You, ready to be at the Precision Pro House. Uh but yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, it really uh eventful times in golf. Eventful is definitely a catch-all word word for it. We just watched Roy McIlroy recording a little bit on the earlier side here Sunday night, but ample time to sort of process Roy's big win. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but yes, ready for the U.S. Open. That's this week, not next week. This week. Sunday is the start of a new week. Uh, I'm ready. We'll I, be there Monday I night. I don't think Sunday is the start of the week. I know. Monday is. It is sort of a misdirection there. But uh, we should note, as of Sunday, we have a Father's Day sale going on the pro shop. Just well, That's all I'll say. 50% off, automatic applied. 15. At... 15, 1, 5, 1, 5, 15% uh, automatically applied at checkout. I don't know. We got some new polos with our own uh, U.S. Open squirrel, Brookline squirrel, little egg. Little, we're going to have little, little guy. in like a day too. They're just, you know, we're, we got, you know, supply chain. What's the name of the squirrel? I don't know. Sammy the squirrel was at President's Cup. Anyways, we got plenty of stuff in the pro shop and it's all 50% off uh, except for photographs and prints right now. All right, let's get to it. Roy McIlroy wins the Canadian Open. Uh, I think in any other sort of year, it might be a, a notable Sunday on the PGA Tour, a notable victory by a notable player. Uh, I think people are going to extrapolate a lot from this win, probably over-extrapolate that this Our somehow is happening. Uh, you know, proves that, you know, one's better than the other. Like, there's a lot of other ways in which, you know, the tour is better than the live and and vice. But I I think, you know, we're going to have a lot of grand pronouncements because it came together so perfectly for the PGA Tour. It really did. Was this a good day for the PGA Tour? Listen, this is, uh, this is why is the Prince of Pontevedra right here? This is why the the throne is being challenged. The throne is being, um, you know... He's a warrior the bar- prince. He's the ready barbarian- to tussle. Yeah, the barbarians are at the gates. And, you know, he he's a noble prince. This is, he's beloved. He's beloved in Panavitra. And he came out riding, you know, he was the white knight. They rolled up the drawbridge, loaded the cannons, the <laughs> artillery. Uh, yeah, he shot. What did he shoot on Sunday? At what 62. point? 62. It was it was extraordinary golf. I mean, I think, obviously, you had the, the Justin Rose near 59 Tough, tough to see Team Rose, who might be, who may be shipping off to to live. It sounds like. I mean, that was a, that was textbook Rosie. No, yeah, I mean, I know be. he's won some big events in his, his heyday, but come on. And uh, it, you know, and end. and with that, you know, you had JT, Tony Finau, and Rory play sensational golf on Sunday. A real duel coming down the stretch. Obviously, <laughs> JT and Rory became the the show, uh, yeah. and Rory. 
And it was extraordinary. Even despite he shot sixty two, despite a couple missed shorties on the back nine. I think he missed right. two putts inside of like four or five feet on the back. I nine. think he lost strokes on the greens overall, which is pretty hard to do and shoot sixty two. Um, he hit. I mean, it was kind of the inverse of Rory Wedge game that we're so used to seeing, right? And what well, was it like seven within five feet or something? Seven within ten feet? A bunch of just wedges. Absolutely uh, darts into the pins into or, or feeding off the slopes. Played extra, extremely well. Of course, like, I mean, it was yielding low numbers, but uh, he was exemplary in a way that only Rose really touched on Sunday. While Finau and JT were the worst, highest scores in the group was 64. So, low ones out there. It, he honestly is extraordinary golf, but like, did you think he was going to lose there on like 16, 17? Did you think he was going to win? It's funny. I I was like watching and I I was just like, when are we going to have the Rory lost momentum moment? Because it it just doesn't happen. Like all there's either like a stalled out wedge, a bad chip or a missed short putt. And then we got the missed shorty on uh, with the and it was just like, oh, God. And then he he does that and then he yanks it. Tugs what like just 260 into the junk. On 14, you're like, well, maybe this isn't. Maybe. And then you have JT. I mean, of all the people chasing, JT's <laughs> the scariest one. It, it seems like JT yeah. plays better chasing than he does out in front. Um, and yeah, he's coming, barreling down. I don't think anybody ever thought Finau was going to win. Um, Got that a being solo said, second, though. <laughs> Got a solo second. I have him in a one and done league. I was. Hopped off the couch from that bomb putt went in on 18. It's like, that's my guy, Tony. Hell yeah. That's a lo- couple of extra six figures. But yeah. Anyway, yeah solo and then JT golf. makes a bogey too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, uh, uh, would you think it was a good day for the PGA Tour overall? It was, I mean, it was I, I a great I think it was scene. a great, great day for the PGA Tour product in the sense of like, look at this. Like they're, what they're beating the drum of competition, best players of the world. It definitely fit that messaging. Now, the day in in totality, if you look at all the other factors that include the television coverage, Monahan's speech. Um, we'll get to that in a minute, but I, that's I just, why I ask. I think it's a, it's a useful question. Of course, the product, the tournament, was a big win. The tournament, Monaghan. the leaderboard was a windfall. Yeah, I um I was watching with my parents, and my parents are asking me all these questions about <laughs> live and uh, Rory. Rory sticks it on seventeen. You know, we've got this just incredible moment, and yeah. I think about like the NBA Finals and stuff, like how they would cover a moment. Like the, the tournament is culminating. JT's in trouble. This is his tie game. To use the the expression of a game. Yeah. Rory hits it to what two feet there. He just finishes the shot. He's he's starting to walk up the fairway. You just hear just for a split second, fans chanting Rory, cut to commercial. Like there was no setting the table of like, can you believe this? Like the fans are going crazy. Like, you know how the, the NBA there's a timeout and they have that 20 seconds where they really they're going to go to commercial, but they're going to leave you with something that you're excited about, right? Yeah. With a replay, 
you know, Mark Jackson is going to be like, there goes that man or something, you know, one of his long time overused cliches at this point, but you're going to, you're in, they're chanting Rory, you know, right. and it's just like this beautiful moment and you just go to commercial. It's everything that Liv didn't have this weekend. Yes. Didn't have crowds chanting anything. I saw Kevin Van Valkenburg's write-up said he thought the real only roar or, or notable crowd noise was when Phil hit off the first tee on Thursday, whatever that was, Thursday. So it's like everything that they can kind of flex on with a star, a, a trio of a great stars, great shot, great atmosphere. And then it just kind of gets suffocated out by the other, the, the, the cost, sort of the weights that they have around their neck with some of this stuff. Yeah, and then and then they're the leader, the final group's on eighteen teeing off, and they're in, they're an eye in the course. Right. I mean, I, it's just inexplicable. <laughs> it's just, and this is where if we wanted to talk about Monahan here, this is where my big beef comes. Obviously, it's a hard position. The, the questions were clearly staged. This is a TV partner. This is not like a journalist asking him questions. This is, you know, that said, yeah, I, think Nance I think Nance was trying to get some good some questions stuff. out there. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think the thing with it is where I was frustrated and really let down is there's nothing about there was, it was about penalizing the people that went. It was about, you know, our members, our members, our members, and nothing about, you know, we're going to we're gonna continue to strive to be the greatest tour in the world. We're going to look and see what we can improve to continue to be the greatest tour in the world. We're like nothing about just like, you know, improving the fan. Like there is a reason that you are getting attacked. The Saudis could be attacking any other sports league. They haven't, you know, they aren't attacking other sports leagues. You know why? The PGA Tour is the most susceptible sports league. They've picked off some, but yes, like F1 and soccer and things like that. But yes, in a way that could like they are, they are trying to take over the, the whole league. Yeah. Right. They are buying a team. They're, right. they're going for the whole, whole shebang. And that's because of how shitty the PGA Tour is. All right. Let's uh, I, I don't want to get too negative, but we're talking about this now. It was a terrible interview. Point blank, you couldn't, uh, his PR people, you couldn't paint it any other way. And, you know, those of us who are close in this game know he doesn't always shine in that format. And that doesn't mean he's like a bad commissioner. And we can adjudicate that, you know, litigate that part elsewhere. But you don't have to be great on the mic to be like a great commissioner. He's never been great. He's never been very good. Is Whether it's the CNBC interviews that we obviously have witnessed several times over or press conferences at the players, the tour championship. He's just, it's just not a strength of his. He doesn't, you know, and a lot of this is sort of aesthetics, right? And and not super substantive, but like he doesn't project any kind of strength, confidence, and, uh, and sort of, uh, quite honestly, ability. Now that doesn't mean he is incapable, but in terms of on that platform, it's, he's not strong. And he, he obviously just put this meatball on a tee for him. So, I mean, Jim Nance does a soliloquy about the 9-11 families, and that's fine. That's a fair point, critique to make about Saudi Arabia cash. But, like, clearly, like, they let that in. And as it was happening, I was like, oh, they're going to cut that one for social and share that. And, like, within, like, five minutes, that was being shared by the PGA Tour Twitter account. And, and you know, uh, Nance leads the question with, 
like there's this report in the post that these 9-11 families are furious. They, they say Phil is not only betrayed, he's betrayed his country. And like, like Jay, do you agree? Like what's he supposed to like, it's kind of a softball clearly. And Jay took it and ran with it and said, you know, I, I have family that are hurt by that. And you've never had to apologize for anything being on the PGA tour. I'd say that was the only like entertaining moment because it was such a clear, like softball. But aside from that, there was no like meat. There's no teeth. And he comes off as, as not strong. He never projects strength. And there was neither substance nor strength to it. It, you either, it either needs to be like a really strong speech or like us to I, – I think one of the things that I and, – and I think this is one of the tour's big problems is that it comes off often as empty and soulless. And I kind of thought that's how that interview came off was like this empty and soulless interview. I mean, when he said life is all about meaning and purpose, I want to say, yeah, I about you tweeted lost, it. I like I I lost my shit. You know, when he said like, that, when, I was like, what? What? It's what I'm saying. He doesn't have yeah, the goods. He's not coming with real stuff. At least be uh, then if you like and if you're not good at it. Here's the thing. I, I know I'm not a great public speaker. So I just try and be myself, you know, and I hope that is enough. There's no authenticity with him. He just, he's, he's just an empty suit up there. Yeah. And that doesn't, you know, he might excel in other parts of the role. Um, but, you know, they're kind of in trouble in other ways too, outside of just TV interviews. Uh, the role right TV now interviews. is clearly, <coughs> you need like a galvanizing force in a, like somebody that gets people excited and behind him and, and like this is the thing is like if he can't go on a pre-arranged interview and win over TV public, how is he supposed to win over PGA Tour players who are who are weighing, you know, eight to nine figure deals? Well, it's the same thing with the letter on Thursday. There's just no significant deterrent or teeth to it. It's just talking about meaning and purpose and loyalty and just greed and like that's not going to win a lot of these guys that are considering the Saudi cash, right? You need something more deterrent or more w with some, some actual uh, a sharp blade on the end of it. it. It just doesn't work that way. And maybe it should, if the people were, you were dealing with kind of rational, moral opponents, or I, I don't know, but, but he just doesn't have anything there. And that really ground the whole final round to like sort yeah. of a halt in the not great way. Well, it's just another, Another example of the tour, clearly one of their big blind spots is not understanding time and place and being flexible. Like I, I appreciate Monaghan coming on and talking. I, I thought that was an important thing to do. It didn't go A lot of people well. wondering where he'd been. Do you yeah, think he should have been up there sooner? I, I think that, yeah, but here's the thing. When you've got a showdown between two, two of your <laughs> biggest proponents you're two to your biggest superstars. And you throw that out there. He took all the oxygen out of the telecast. Then we got that weird Aeon risk reward thing at the end. They were playing like the 16th <coughs> hole and they're talking about the 11th hole. I was like, wait, what's going on? And then <laughs> it was because of the interview. You, during and the, it, so whenever like, they, yeah. Again, 
I don't know if everybody watching the tele. I know that most people watching the telecast didn't know a ton about what was going on, in in with Liv. They they probably were confused. But you have this great tournament. This is what your whole thing's about. Yeah. And Do you, you think it won over like general non golf fans? Like you and I like don't see anything there, and and more importantly, the players probably who were considering it don't see enough of a, an appeal. I just I wonder like if there's further public sentiment he's rallying i i don't know it's hard to like the national general sports fan i just don't think there's a lot of energy there that like yeah you know and this is unfair but like it's not like watching a politician get a like a rally crowd excited and that's effectively what it is if you're if you're coming on you're the commissioner of the pga tour you've got a captive audience of people that watch golf and it, it just wasn't i didn't like you think about think like Mike Wan would bring a little pop, yeah. I think, and even if he didn't have the substance, he'd have the pop too. For uh, it's a really bad situation for any commissioner where you're in. Very tough against a kind of endless money opponent. So. He's in a really tough spot. Okay, yeah. like, and I don't want it, but I just feel like they don't put him in in positions to succeed. Like I think a lot of people probably were like, "Wait, I I want to watch the golf tournament." Now I, now I want to watch it. Well, they probably thought that would be when their biggest audience was, and that was when they should put him out there. I, I don't know, but yeah, but he, that's he, their problem. They don't they don't think about that. Like yeah. Well, this is yeah. when our biggest think about the logic of that, and that's why they're in this problem. It's them not caring about their actual product. You know. Yeah. It, it, um, this is as this a product. Is our though, audience is the biggest, so we're gonna put instead of. When people want to watch golf, they're tuning in to watch golf. We're going to put him up there. Yeah. As a product, um, it, I, I don't think it could have gone much better, right? Yeah. I mean, let's be, let's be like, they got everything. You are not getting that crowd. You're not getting that atmosphere. You're not getting that loyalty to an event. Like the can it, now it's unique. Is that going to happen at, you know, the RSM and uh, the 40 of the other 48 events? Probably not. Um, but it's you had it at the golf perfect course. moment. Yeah. Was like it a, too easy? Well, I mean, it just is what it is. I'm professional. Is golf, I thought so. it was a good prep for the U.S. Open, though. Like, I, I you know, yeah. I thought, like, the setup, is it, it, it was a really good golf course to lead into the U.S. Open at Brookline. And it was close geographically. Like, this is the thing. This was a great tournament. It was a great, great golf tournament. And they did their best to take away from the great golf tournament, which is exactly why we're in this problem is because they do everything in their power to take away from the golf tournament. I think, I think that that rope scene had to be pre-planned. There's no way those guys were probably pushing people out into the, into the fairway, the, the security, like, let's go. Canadians are so polite too. They're like, Oh no, no, no. And they're yeah, like, no, they no, go, go. Get on top of it, you know, if you're get on top of your friend's shoulder, start chanting. It was cool. It was super cool seeing congrats to Canadians everywhere. You know, they waited extra three years to get one and they got the best possible showdown on Sunday with Rory. Uh, does it do anything in your eyes for Rory? I, I kept thinking about Rory as a player, like and of course, he carries the burden of success, right? We want to see it at the majors. And we want like another Zozo and another this, that, or WGC. It just like, it leaves you sort of wanting more. But as someone was sharing like the top 10 in the world from 
like a decade ago, five years ago, and a decade ago. And like Rory and this year. And Rory was the only one in all three. And like, yeah, yeah DJ he has DJ just fell out of that. Like that's yeah. the, the, yeah. I would, I would D- just put like 10. a caveat of like, okay. Dustin yeah, Johnson been, would be just yeah. like that, except for the like, and you could have screenshotted it in January and Rory wouldn't have been in it and DJ Got would it. have. So it. it's either way, both talents, like just, yeah, it's been eight years since a major, but this is someone who uh, has been just maybe the most consistent play. He and DJ, the most consistent all-time talent, like a, a really all-time talent over the last like 13 years now. And in a way that a lot of these guys sort of burn hot and disappear and then come back and are hot for two months. It's like Rory's just good all the time. Most, you know, for a decade plus. And I think we need to appreciate that for as much kind of shit as we give him about the majors drought. I mean, this is the perfect Rory win the week before. Get everybody hot and bothered. Does it? I mean, does that do anything for you? Everybody's going to be saying, hey, Rory won last week. Wedges. They're dialed. See that? This is, and then there's going to be 75. It's going out in what? Going out in 38, 39. Uh, yeah. This is <laughs> this is alarming. It's alarming he won the week before. I would have rather see the JT second or third place. Yeah, that's fair. What'd you make of him taking a shot at Greg Norman? I mean, for the I content gods, for so us, good. it's a good shot. It's great. I mean, this is who you hunt out there. You want to punch back a that's, little he's bit. He's the prince. That's why he's the prince of He's better at this than everybody in Pontevedra who's getting That's, paid. To, you know, he's like he wins. The he actually wins. Yeah, him right. or Tiger should be the commissioner. They should just take over. And I know this is an unfair thing. I think about this also all the time. How unfair? How how much of a mental burden this whole disaster has been for Rory over the last six months? Yeah, like he's, he's be not just exhausted. Just, competing and I I hope this doesn't come across as sounding like I'm giving him too much credit but if you're the player the pack chairman the player advisory council chairman where when the tour is going through an existential crisis I can't imagine that that is easy and it's just another thing going on it's like anything it's like when when you're working a job and something's going on in your personal life like it's really hard to be good at your job and handle the personal like everybody's gone through stuff like that um and i think like rory rory's going through a lot of shit you know he's got a young kid he's going through all this drama with the with the live and he's playing like he's having a really great year yeah if you asked him in 2014 that he would you know or 2015 that you know he would have to become the face of this sort of geopolitical moral uh, critique uh, in the game of golf and then also be have like an administrative role at the top of the PGA Tour and also be just sort of the voice of the whole league. It's it's probably not something he would have envisioned five years ago, four years ago. Uh, but there he is. I, I think probably playing with G- JT helped him. They seem to be really allied in, in where they stand and, and how they think about things. But uh, I love the shot at Norman. Did you, Norman uh, will come uh, back with some bullshit terrible response because greg 
Norman like can't, can't let help stuff go. Yeah. And he sucks at he has nothing to stand on. He's been terrible at at getting live off the ground. You know, they're off the ground in spite of him. Uh and you know, he's made a bunch of misstatements and, and miscalculations, but I'm sure he'll come back at him and we'll all be like, oh, you know, people tweet gifts and, and you know, skull and crossbones emojis and all that stuff. But uh, it was a good, good shot. And someone needs to do it. Someone needs to talk shit about this other thing going on, right? You can't just be having and hot about it. So, and Norman's the easy punching bag. He's not your colleague anymore. Whereas like taking a shot at whoever, Phil or DJ or something like that might might be harder. Did you feel like that that Rory, JT, and Brace? Um, it was followed something. by followed by the the female. It was more cursory high five. There was certainly a little bit more. What are you suggesting? It was it was orchestrated. I just think that there was. I thought that it, I I'm just reading some tea leaves here. I felt like the Rory Rory and JT on that green was something and and i think they're those guys are really committed to trying to save the pga tour from this yeah and rory uh, gave that warm embrace and i think Finau was looking for some love and he didn't really get it yeah and <coughs> and i wonder if there's it just it just alerted my kind of senses of, you know, I wonder if Tony is uh, is kind of playing both sides of the fence right now. Yeah, he's you know played the Saudi International before. We know he's shown yeah, up over there. That's what I'm but, saying. Um, There's a lot of things that would point to, and I that's the thing. I think that you know we're going to to the U.S. Open, and it's going to be hard. I mean, this is a major unlike any other. Uh, in the sense of, you know, the dominant storyline is going to be about another tour. Yeah, and and Phil sharing a locker room with Rory, and it's DJ at a major and, championship. Yeah, be interesting. Like we've never seen anything like this, and we're going into this week, and there's going to be a ton of speculation about other players and who's jumping after the U.S. Open. Speaking of the U.S. Open, we should do a quick little uh, pop. For our live show, the 19th hole, we're doing that Wednesday. I got, I, you know, I was getting shit for my details being sort of just uh, scatterbrained. Like I had the restaurant wrong. I had the the time and place maybe wrong. It was just sort of general downtown Boston. The U.S. Open uh, has set up the 19th hole. It's at, write this down, or don't write it down, but just note it. High Street Place Food Hall. Uh, we are going to record a live podcast there Wednesday, June 15th. We'll probably start around 6 p.m. I believe it opens around 4. It looks like a cool venue. They have, uh, you can support the first tee there. You play bar games. Take your photo with the U.S. Open trophy. It's a That's food a hall, one. so I imagine there's food. I would imagine that. It would be quite a misnomer if there weren't, if there wasn't any food. Uh, we'll be hanging out there. I mean, that may be a reason not to come, but but we'll be hanging around, and then we'll record a podcast on the eve of the U.S. Open. So if you're in New England... We got to figure out what our show's going to be about. Yeah, we can have some fun with that one. We can yeah. really take a hard left turn because we don't always do Wednesday night shows for majors. But I think, you know, at that point, we'll have a full week of, of prep to, to digest all the press. It could be our final gambling pick since we're a gambling podcast. <laughs> Late sleepers. 
get to that book right now for the 645 tomorrow. Here's my tip. Um, anyways, thanks to the US Open. If you're not in the area, you can obviously stream and watch it on NBC USA and Peacock from Thursday through Sunday. But we'd love to meet some people if you're in New England in the Boston area. Wednesday, we're going to start recording around 6, but this 19th hole bar scene opens, I believe, at 4 on Wednesday. If you're working downtown, just pop over there. All right. So it's a small city. That's was one of my big takeaways in January when I went can to walk Boston. And and yeah. Diminutive little city. Yeah. It's great. It was great. It's, it's quaint. There. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. yeah. You could get um, yeah, you could get from one side to the other side in no time. Yeah, we'd be in, you know. We yeah, absolutely. Um all right. I'm not going to tell college stories yet. That may be next week. Maybe that's Scenes Wednesday's show. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell a lot of bad so, yeah. stories. Uh, scenes of, from around Boston. Where where, and what happened and all that stuff. Uh, okay. Um, Somebody tell right. me like the quintessential. I want to go to like the best Boston dive bar next week. Okay. I think the ones around BC have all turned over. I, I, I went know. to a cool one by the by the, the stadium that I went in, and I, I felt like the bartender was speaking a different language because of how thick his accent was. The accent. It was yeah. cash only. It was delightful. It was a delightful place. But yeah, I, I want to I, I want to find another one this trip. A lot of them hidden. Uh, okay, so that'll be Wednesday. We're looking forward to it. Uh, definitely going to be an awesome week at the U.S. Open. Uh, let's get back. We talked about the PGA Tour now. Some people might say we were too critical. I just want to emphasize that was a great day. That was a great watch, you know, aside from the commercials and Jay and stuff. That's what they want. Now, the over-extrapolation is coming like, this functionally does not do anything to live. Is it, was it a great counter-programming, a great display of, of a championship, a national open that Liv can't claim? Yes. Does that mean like Liv's folding up shop or this is this yeah, this this thing's over and this this is why Liv will never work, which is what people I, are. I love I think, the continued use of exhibitions terms. Well, I'll say this. I watched it. It it sucks. It feels like an exhibition. I don't know that that's that that terms that far off. I we've been, I, know, I, I, I don't want to like live like off here. People, I'm saying in earnest, I like that people keep Bobbing them with ex- exhibition. It, it honestly felt like nothing. I had it on in the background. You know, Charles Schwartzel's five up on Henny Duplice and Peter Uline who can't, that barely has a card and they're like battling. Like the actual golf sucked. It was a snoozer. It was terrible. It was a boring, boring final round with no Listen, climax and no drama. And now could that happen like, in Portland? Go it's ahead. It's like when the Warriors had the super team. It's when they had Steph, Clay, and, and Durant. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't competition. The stingers are, were just too good. Oh God, I was gonna say, are you comparing like Schwartzel and Henny Duplice? <laughs> Peter we're watching, we're watching a dynasty, all right. And the if stingers. you can't get on board with the dynasty and, and what greatness is, you know, then you, which you need to understand. This is the greatest team that we've ever seen put together. The stingers. Another way in which it's you could argue it's an exhibition, the Stingers didn't have to actually draft the team, and they've won it, and the third-place <laughs> team didn't have to. Like, this is guys just showing up. They hit a ball around, and a bunch of money gets exchanged at the end. The entire newsworthy item out of Saturday's finish 
were the purse totals at the end. Charles won how much? This guy, Andy Ogletree, got 120 for finishing 31 strokes back. That was the entire impact of Saturday. There was not a single golf shot, uh, leaderboard move, uh, anything, broadcast moment, nothing that uh, like would make you even look up. It was terrible. Now they might get you know DJ versus Phil in Portland. I don't know, but it sucked. And <clears throat> further proof that it was just more of an exhibition is these teams didn't have to draft guys. They're not actually drafting guys. Pat Perez is just going right to DJ's team. Like, like if you were cared about competition. Wait, they and, already announced where Pat Perez was going? Yeah, Pat Perez says he's going to play with DJ. I don't know if they've announced it, but Pat Perez let it slip. Pat Perez is a He's joining man. four aces? Yes. He's got a lot of conflicts going on there. A lot of on-the-record statements just absolutely destroying the Saudi Golf League, live golf. And then he's there in the middle of the broadcast just trying to rationalize the whole thing. He, he more than anyone, has a lot of receipts where you could just throw it in his face that changed in not like a year, but like two months. Uh, so there, there's like no competitive element to it. These guys just pre-range teams. And if you're, I don't know, Taylor Gooch haven't actually draft or Kevin Nall or Phil and you get stuck with these. You well, know, I'm guessing Phil's team's coming later. <laughs> sure. He's got, he's just, probably wait. Here's the thing. This is like Phil's team sucks right now, probably because the guys that are leaving haven't jumped ship yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I mean, Bryson will probably have his own team. Patrick Reed will probably have his own team. Who's going to lose their team? Sawan Kim. I don't think he'll be a captain. Uh, Do you think he got a captain's bonus for one being a know. captain once? I don't know. Is Andy Ogletree in any more events? I don't know how he, he can be. No, he shouldn't. Of course he shouldn't be. Here's the thing. I think they comprised the field like deliberately as like a mixture of things. The guys they didn't have to commit a ton of upfront cash to. Like, I'm sure they can fill all 48 with like the Scott Piercy's of the world, but they don't want to end up like tied with a lot of those guys around their neck, right? So they mixed it up. Get a couple headliners. Early on, we'll have some amateurs that just want this, that, or the other, some Asian tour guys. But yeah, more I'm sure are coming. It, it I, was, it was, I was talking it, with Tron about this. Yeah. Um, we were we recorded a fried egg pod for previewing the, the country club. He asked me who I was most surprised wasn't part of Live yet. And I said, Rory Sabatini. Do you think that he wasn't, wasn't invited? Rory Sabatini? Of guy all is, the people. Guy is just complete conviction and loyalty. Doesn't change allegiances for anybody or anything. I don't know why you would suggest that he would be open for an opportunistic move to change allegiance. Uh, yeah, that, I guess that's a good one. But he doesn't like he doesn't break anything. That's just what some, I'm saying. What you just said about not being tied down to too many Scott Piercy's. Yeah. They, like... Was that the one person that they were like, you know what, we can't have Rory. You know, we're looking for for BGA Tour players, but but not Sabatini. I think that's fair. I mean, with like Kevin Na or Gooch, you could say they've won and and they're younger. But yeah, it'd be uh, sick. It'd be sick if if one of the teams drafted uh, drafted Grayson Murray just to to pester Na. You know, did you see they put their lockers next to each other? It has to be alphabetical, fun. right? Yeah, I was going to say it has to be M U N A, which is just it'd be, gr- be great if the USGA just got 
aggressive with the live guys with the pairings yeah all right so what should they do this maybe this is a tuesday segment i mean what would you do put nah with grayson yeah put him with grayson and i don't know bury phil with like some qualifiers or same with dj right yeah maybe you could put phil with pat perez um you could put i don't know there's i guess they're allies now maybe um are you they, could, did they bond? Did they bond after, you know? I don't think so. P- possible reprehensible act? I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll have to look at the T-sheet or, or who, who some of these matchups could be. So it's got to be, how many guys are there? It's got to be like Gooch, Nah, Phil, and DJ. I know for sure. DJ, yeah, Dick Uste. Bland? Dick Bland, yeah. maybe? Ustazen. So. Taylor Gooch? Yeah. Horsefeld? Right, do you have any other live thoughts? Qualified. Do you have I any mean, other live thoughts? Congrats to Henny uh, Duplass. Four two, million two point, or something. Two point one million dollars. Stainers, Stainers, the dynasty taking their roadshow to Portland. He with the team bonus. He won three million dollars. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I mean, something that has crystallized with me. And I've been thinking about writing an article. I'm probably just going to step all over it here. Um, but in 1983, I believe the tour went from 60 exempt players to 125 exempt players. And effectively, since that day, the tour has has become what it is today, which is like, hey, any a, a members club. If you're a member, everybody, every member's got equal rights. It used to be, you know, you need to play well to be a member. <laughs> right. And then we'll take care of you. But if you're not really good, you're not going to be a member. And, and the reason they did that was because number 100 couldn't afford to play on tour. Um, right. And if you look at every other sport, the larger the roster size, the more players that play on field, on, on the field, like football, baseball, the more players that are on the field, the less impactful a superstar is. The less players, like the NBA, you got 13 players on a roster. You have to have a super superstar if you have any illusions of winning an NBA title. Right. In individual sports, the only thing that matters is superstars. To me, this is where the tour really has to get their in their headspace because what the live is doing is they are attacking the tour's weakness, which is they do not value superstars as much as they should. And that's why right as of now three and when Bubba goes potentially four of the pip top 10 are already to, to the Saudis. And when you think about that, like, you see what's going on with sports franchises and people are like that live is spending an absurd amount of money on these golfers. But maybe just maybe like the tour probably values golf as a X billion dollar company. Right. Right. What if live looks at it and says, you know what? This is a $20 billion industry and they're going to spend five to have a $20 billion asset. That's everybody in the world would do that. Right. I just, I wonder if like they, yeah. 
Can they be and, marginalized from growing by just allies with the tour? I mean, marginalized. I mean, if they take all the stars, it can't be. You got to you got to get a rights deal. You got to get sponsors. You're going. It's just going to happen, right? I, I just yeah. wonder if they could be triangulated in a way. But like, that's the thing with this, right? Is that they are attacking the tour's weakness, which is they don't reward their superstars enough in a sport that is dependent on superstars. So yeah. I think that's the thing that I'm I'm going to keep watching is like we aren't that far away from a tipping point and we aren't that far away with player from play them having enough players where I think it almost would be over in a way um uh, over for I, the tour. Yeah, I like I don't like the position that the tour is in at all right now. You know when when the PGL brought that thing and Rory talked about the valuation yeah, from Allen Co. Yeah. The job of those companies is to tell the tour that that person presenting is wrong. And that is what all these guys trust. But just last week, the Denver Broncos sold for what? <coughs> $4.5 billion? I don't know. I know they sold for a lot. But yes, a year after Carolina Panthers sold for 2.7 or whatever, obviously different markets, but like sports franchises are, are like everybody's been underestimating how valuable sports franchises franchises are. And I think that the tour itself is undervaluing what they have in a way. Interesting. And I don't, I think the Saudis, think i think that's what's going on here is the saudi I mean, they just got a really big rights deal like their coffers are starting to fill up now is it competitive with what the saudis can offer and the saudis aren't necessarily motivated by return on investment certainly not now and probably not for several years but uh yeah maybe they are undervaluing what they have that's why just... like if the saudis look at it and say it's a 20 billion dollar product and we're going to spend five it makes all the sense of the world and people like it's not crazy, right? If I yeah. told you, give me $5,000 and I'm going to give you $20,000 in five years, like, like, you know, everybody that listens to this pod would, would do that, right? Yeah. All right. We covered a lot of the teams, the logos, the early broadcast. You know, I don't think we need to go over that. One thing I will say is Yasser Al-Rumayan or whatever the guy who runs the PIF uh, saying, if you shoot 54, you get $54 million. So the live now has its own version of 313 challenge. I would suggest is even more impossible than the 313 challenge, which has been the subject of many jokes here at this podcast. Well, I thought Rosie did a wonderful. I was I almost tweeted something about Rosie needs to take a dive here. If he's going to live, he needs to save this round because he, the 50. he had a chance, you know. <laughs> He had a legitimate, you know, there was that, he got to a point where 54 wasn't out of the <coughs> cards. It was mathematically possible. Oh, by the way, it was sort of an exhibition. So I don't want to talk about the golf. And I thought the coverage from there was pretty good. There were a couple articles that were just garbage about the caddies. It's so great. An organizer thinks it went awesome. Like, of course, an organizer like thinks it went awesome. I thought Kevin Van Valkenburg, Sean Zock, Alan Shipna, like people... I'm more familiar with the American. I know there were a bunch of European journalists there. It was the coverage was good, but I don't want to talk about the golf. But I'll say, like, not a lot of guys played well over there. Phil looked like shit. 
looks terrible. DJ Did was you expect so, so. To look good? No, I'm just saying, like, most of those guys didn't break par. And then you had Charles, hot Charles, just running out to it. So, all right. Well, I can tell it. you one thing. One thing I, that I am 100% sure of based off the leaderboard. What? Centurion S- shouldn't host a major. Bad leaderboard? Royal St. Or St. George's. I keep calling it Royal St. George's. St. George's Golf and Country Club in Toronto. St. George's probably should host a major because of that. But they did host a major. Canada's major. <sighs> Canada Open. Canadian Open. That is a major. National. Proud National Open. Uh, okay. That does it for Liv. Like, look, I'm pumped to be going to a golf tournament. I, I hopefully we won't be talking about valuations on like Thursday. And, and, you know, I think it's important though. Like there's major shifts happening. Uh, elsewhere in the world of golf, uh, Lynn Grant just boat races the entire field in the Scandinavian mixed. I mean, that, that was uh, not a strong leaderboard or, or event all, all weekend, just kind of flew under the radar. And then Lynn Grant just raced she, out on Sunday. She won by nine. Over yep. the or, over the men, Denver. I think fourteen over the next uh, woman competitor. Tiger like yeah. performance, beautiful yeah. golf swing. Yeah, she was fantastic. A, a Swede herself beat Stenson and Mark Warren by nine, and then a bunch of people by ten. So Scrivener was sailing the high seas, but a good event, a good a good theory, a good format in theory. It just you know didn't have a lot of big guns between the u.s open happening the next week and live going on hey what what's the what's what's your boy scott pelly gonna do keith yeah keith pelly i don't know i don't know how strong the alliance is what what the the fine print is on the alliance doesn't like jay monahan have a board seat now and like some controlling percentage of the european tour there's a lot of rumors and smoke about them maybe running into the arms of Live Golf, but uh, I think that was kind of shot down at the start. Some people, you know, were reporting that on the weekend, and I said, "No, no, we're not there yet." So that would be quite a turn, quite a quite a like That'd a be Tom the red wedding. The red wedding, thing. yeah. You, to use another HBO. Watch, yeah, you don't watch yeah. uh, Game of Thrones the with Dragon Tom Lonsdale, too. Yeah, too. yeah. Just a quick turn. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I don't know if they have the ability. They might be signed on with the PGA Tour. So that was your European Tour event. Um, Here's the thing. The European Tour seems just dead. Just from everything. I know. I don't want to, you know, we're going back to this, but of all the, all the organizations, the biggest losers, the European Tour, and it's kind of sad. I wrote about this on our my kind of notes recap or whatever that was. Like, they're the first ones that like welcomed the Saudis into like not golf but OWGR certified golf tour like big time tour golf, and then they just got kicked to the curb quickly. So I, I don't know. Not, not that's, great. That's usually what happens, right? Stretch. Yeah, yeah. On the uh, corn ferry, they tour, were too thirsty. Scott Pelly was was too thirsty. They weren't operating from position of strength. They would go where the money was, and then you know they got yeah. Got, Who's got the caught. thirst bucket of the week this week? Uh, Is it Liv? It's got to be Liv Norman. I Graham McDowell was pathetic, just with his like promo, his social channels, just like complete smoke and mirrors. This is Potemkin Village type thing. He was all too willing to play the part of. Hype man, when there was little there. Uh, 
Liv is just bizarre. I, I, you know, I was wondering, like, you go to Portland. I, not, I mean, a little bit of a progressive city. Like, could you just, could that be just a shit show? And I'm not calling for anything. Like, you know, people in Minnesota, the girl that's like gluing her face to the floor, the Timberwolves game, because she's protesting this, that, and the other. Like, it just feels like Portland could get a little nutty, you know? Uh, if, But I suppose they have a lot of mean-looking security people at live. But it just feels like a not the most hospitable kind of market for this this Saudi sports washing effort. Yeah, I I um I imagine that wild. there could be some some protests maybe potentially. Yeah. yeah. Who knows. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, on the Corn Ferry Tour, the BMW Charity Pro-Am presented by TD Cynics, Robbie Shelton wins uh in a playoff <clears throat> over Ben Griffin. Uh that's the Greenville event. It's like a uh, you know, whatever celebrities and and KFT players. And then uh, last the but not least, tour. oh yeah, Don Chai JD. Yeah, I can't believe American... he's, he's out there. He doesn't need to be out there, does he? That guy killed it, making so much money. He was like a he sat comfortably in the top fifty of the OWGR there for about what had to feel like a decade. He's fifty two. I feel like he probably made a ton of money. Well, what, board, listen, I'm not saying he doesn't this, have to. Jay, Jay just put out a memo saying, like, you know, this is the champions who are getting to play on the champions tour is a privilege. It's not <laughs> true. It's not something that's given out. You you need to earn that as a <laughs> member. Uh, last but not least, I think this would have been the event of the week, but we got caught the up. The Curtis in, Cup. Yes. U.S. Drubs, GB and I, and the Curtis Cup. Uh, at Marion, it looked beautiful, fantastic on uh, on the on television and streaming as well. Uh, yeah, not a particularly competitive one. I was watching clips, watched a little bit of it Saturday, a little bit of it Friday. Um, I mean, it's just a super team, right? Real super team, complete powerhouse, eight people. And they're all like ass kickers in their own way. Uh, you know, it's it's really no holes in that whole deal. Um, Here's an I, idea. Go ahead. Why? I I think there should be a team amateur competition with Asia or the world. As opposed to GB and I? I mean, they got this or, every other year, but like when this started and and obviously the same thing goes for the Walker Cup golf was a much smaller game and not as played globally as it is and the world was actually a lot bigger of a place like you know international travel was harder you know the internet didn't exist but if you want to talk about being a little bit more progressive you know i think this is an area where the USGA could kind of thrive or some organization not just putting the onus on them but there should be like a, a team world competition. Um, and maybe it's a, it just, there needs to be, I don't know. I don't think, I think that the biggest amateur events, which are the Walker cup and the Curtis cup are actually kind of in a way, it would be better if they put all of the best amateurs on the stage and obviously like the women's amateur does this the girls junior does this but from a team standpoint it would be really cool personally 
I think it would be really cool if if these events were a bit more inclusive of other great players around the world. Right. It's obviously a historic event, right? Like a Walker yeah. Cup kind of thing. That's it's traditions are rooted in those sides, but I will just say this. I, I mean, you're talking it. about a 250 million or whatever. What is it? America's close to what? 300 million now. I think right? it's like three, 325. When I would probably just, not the people to ask, but yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you're talking about like 325 million people against, GB against and I. 10 million. What is it? You know, like, it's just so, not really a fair fight. Uh, one thing I would say was representative, uh, I tweeted about this. I, I was watching it. I found real like power in two girls of color. Like I, that's just who was watching when I, they came on uh, in Megagane and Amari Avery, like with red, white, and blue painted on their face. Amari was, I think, four and oh, five and oh. Megagane was fantastic. I don't know. It's just like golf gets a lot of shit for being sort of lily white and, and not diverse. And it, it is that in many places. But at the highest level, I think it is quite diverse in the highest level amateur golf women's golf men's golf women's golf but it's the most diverse yeah it needs more african-american players there's no doubt about that but uh you know i just think like it is more diverse than you know the 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 sort of cliched critique and uh to see that sort of next generation covered in red white and blue rolling kicking ass i thought was a really powerful image uh at the curtis cup and marion looked very nice very good too all right that does it anything else on this Monday episode, we're shipping up to Boston, I believe is the term. I hear that song might, a couple times. Might hear it once or twice. Not I gotta get us. that real I gotta get that real I did back out there. Remind everybody we were first to the first of the catnip. Shipping up to We got some videos coming out. You did some cool, cool videos on the par fives. We have a Gil Hans on the entire course video on the YouTube channel. We've got on the thirteenth hole, a little bit of quirk, a little bit of uh it's gonna be catnip. We're gonna, it's gonna be there'll be a catnip. you won't believe how the thirteenth hole is laid out on the internet this week. Might have, sure. I gotta we put that up before before yeah. we publish this. Uh, like it, we got beat, beat to, to the, the punch, punch on the rough day uh rough videos. I think I saw some people out there dropping stuff in the rough. I think which, we're gonna do our own rough videos. Oh yeah, we've been talking about that. We might have our own rough videos. So all right, very excited for a week at the US Open. Another major championship. Again, we'll be there Wednesday doing a live podcast at High Street Place Food Hall, downtown Boston, 6 o'clock. All right. Talk to you guys on uh, Tuesday night.